We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're at the end of a series called Money God's Way, and today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called My Heart Set Free to Trust My Heavenly Father. That's my prayer for us, that we will trust our Heavenly Father. Verse 31 says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Your Heavenly Father provides for His creation. Don't be anxious. Start asking the right questions. Start hearing God's love for you. Jesus continues, verse 32, he says, What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. It says your heavenly Father, what's the word there? Your heavenly Father knows. That means he's fully aware. He's not distracted. He's not on his cell phone. He's not too busy. He's not on vacation. You fill in the blank. God knows. He knows better than you do the state of your, especially your finances, but your marriage, your children. He knows. He knows it all. The theological term there is God is omniscient, all-knowing. Your heavenly Father knows your needs, but don't be anxious. Notice here in verse 32, what does it say that the Gentiles seek? It says they seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Both of these are facts. You can observe them anywhere. Well, one of them you can. The first one is, uh, it says, all these things the Gentiles, basically meaning the pagans, seek after. I'm just going to tell you, there's somebody on your block that will spend the rest of their life consumed with, what am I going to eat? I got to go to Kroger to get some more food. Did we pay the budget? I got to go to work early tomorrow. I got to get the kids to school, the grandkids. And their whole life cycle is going to be needs and seeking after fulfilling those needs. It doesn't matter how much money they make or don't make. It doesn't matter what their marriage status is. Somebody on your block is going to spend the rest of their lives seeking these things, never to look up more than an animal. Notice that most animals, when they're, they look down, God has created us to look up at our Heavenly Father. But some humans are so consumed with what's next, what am I going to eat next, what am I going to provide for this next, I'm going to pay my bills, I'm gonna, and they all will spend their life looking down. God has not intended that. God wants us to see and to lift our eyes to him. Notice it also says God knows your needs. Both of those are facts. God knows your needs, and the Gentiles will spend forever Those who do not turn to Jesus Christ will spend the rest of their lives seeking things and never looking up. What should we do about this? Well, verse 33 answers the question. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. We're called to seek God's kingdom and the righteousness in the kingdom of Jesus Christ and then let God bring those needs, not to spend our hearts on them, seeking them, you will spend the rest of your life seeking something. The question is where you will put your energy into seeking. Either you will spend the, and that doesn't mean we don't need to work hard, work diligently. It doesn't mean we need to put our hearts into what we do for our careers. There's nothing about that. Uh, taking care of our families, all of that is important. But our hearts will predominantly seek either the daily needs related to the material needs of our lives 
or our hearts will primarily focus on God's kingdom is that's the ultimate reality I want to be ready for. And then God will bring these in kind of as a side note. I was blessed even just this week and seeing how the Lord, I started thinking about cars a couple months ago and where I was starting to look for cars and it just wasn't seen the right time and then uh, the car died. And I just thought about the great car I got, which apparently according to Carfax, I hope that's as trustworthy as it says it is. It says that the car was very well taken care of. Well, you know, that car wasn't even available until a month ago. It's amazing how God knows the timing of how he wants things to come together when we trust him. I could have bought another car by now if I'd have been anxious about it. Well, I was kind of anxious about it, but God overrides our faithlessness, amen? God wants us to have a hunger for bigger things. I'm going to give you a text. You can look it up on your own. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. It says that the people of faith in the Old Testament, they had their eyes. They were looking for a city. They were looking for something bigger, bigger than just the little things that often consume us. Now, anxiety is the result of focusing on the wrong priority and the wrong person. Anxiety is the result of focusing on the wrong priority, that's my needs, instead of the kingdom of God. It's focusing on the wrong person, me, instead of the Lord. Verse 34 says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Certainly in a broken, sinful world, there will be things that will happen that will be bad. The question is whether we'll spend our life all worried about tomorrow when tomorrow's not even here yet. Uh, It's also true from Lamentations that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So not only will the troubles be there tomorrow, so will be the grace of God. So, Pastor, what am I supposed to do with all this anxiety? What do I do with it? What am I supposed to do biblically? Philippians 4 answers that question. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God's grace, God's peace comes as we come before him in thanksgiving. Here, once you look over at Matthew chapter 7, should be on the same page if it's like my Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. From Philippians, from this passage, God wants us to ask. Thanksgiving, let me just acknowledge this. Thanksgiving is acknowledging the many areas that my Father has already provided for. I'm going to stay here. If I stood here and I went around, I'm telling you we could go person by person all the way until about 4 o'clock this afternoon and then cycle all the way back around and we could be here all day and people wouldn't even be saying the same exact thing they're thankful for. We could go back and forth and up and down and can I have another amen? It's time for another song. and we could, go, we could go back and forth and back and forth all the way and again and again and again because there's so many things that God has completely provided for. But here's the thing about asking. Asking is for the few things that God wants me to depend on him to provide so that he can show his grace uniquely. There needs to be a balance. If you're going to be able to trust God completely, you're going to have a balance between both of these. I just think again of the times that God has used this in my own life as I've prayed about different needs, and I'm sure you've done the same. Look with me at the last text we're looking at here, Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks 
It will be opened. Now, let's think about that for just a moment. You know, for God, finances is more than business only. It's not, it's, not, it's not as though God comes to work on Monday morning and says uh, to his, I don't know, Gabriel the secretary or something, and he says, hey, hey, how, you know, how are we doing? What, what, how's business going? What, what, kind of an, what prayers do we need to answer today? I mean, where, where, where's the, how's all of our believers, how are all the children doing today? You know, and he's like, well, God, you know, you've got 200,000 uh, emails that have come in overnight, and uh, you know, we've got 60 lines filled up with calls already. If you're ready to get to work, let's get down to business. That is not how God works. God is a father. He's in relationship with us. Let me even take this a step further. When God led you to salvation, and if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, today would be a great day to find salvation in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of your sins. I'd love to pray with you after the service if you don't know if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. But if you are, it's not as though God wanted you to come to salvation just so that you could go into eternity and take up seat number 1,225,320,801. Oh, we need that seat filled. If we can just get Barbara into eternity, she can fill the seat. The auditorium will be full. Business is good. Is that how simplistic it is to God? Of course it's not. He's a heavenly father. How do you think about your child when your child's missing? Oh, you think about it. God thinks about us in the same way. He cares for us. He longs for relationship with us. And when it comes to finances, it's no different. What is Jesus saying about our heavenly father? <laughs> I think about it this way. If I wanted to know what God thinks about finances, who would I ask? I'd ask Jesus. Jesus came to earth. Listen, Jesus at that time when this scripture, he'd known, he'd known the father for quite a while. They'd been together for a couple billion plus years. So if I want to understand who my heavenly father is, the person I'd want to be listening to is the person that's talking right here. Verse 11, skip down to verse 11. says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. He's saying you guys who are evil. He's not denying that. He says, even in your evilness... You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good to those who ask him? Look at verse 7. Look, this was one of the most awe, jaw drop moments uh, in my recent study of God's word. Because I, I kind of always heard this, ask and you will be given and seek and you will find. And what's that supposed to be? And, and, and um, I just spent some time here yesterday. It was so, I hope this will impact you as it's impacting me. I want to read something to you. Notice that it says, ask and it will be given to you. What's the it? What's the it factor? The it is, I want to read this to you. I think this is important for us to understand as we go into this. Craig Blomberg writes, it in verse 7 is somewhat misleading. The word does not refer to any particular thing requested, but forms a part of a divine passive construction. That's grammar talk. That means ask and God will give you what he deems best. Jesus also presupposes that his listeners will recall his teaching in the Lord's Prayer in which one insists that God's will be done. I could go on and read about that a bit more, but keep that in mind as we go ahead. Now notice it says, ask and it will be given to you. True asking at its best wants God's best, whatever it is. I think of Ephesians chapter 3 in which it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. 
put that in your prayer life. I was going to say, put that in your prayer life and smoke it. That I, <laughs> and other thoughts pastors shouldn't say. Beyond all that you could ask or think, and I'm trying to remember what I was thinking. Um, all that you could ask or think. Listen, when you pray, it's not like, well, maybe if God's really good today and I've done my prayers and I've done my devotions, maybe he'll give me 80% of what I'm asking. Okay, drop your way of thinking. This is what you asked for. This is what God knows and could give you. And he's just going to rearrange it. If your heart is in your prayer, if you're asking in faith, he knows so much more beyond what you could even ask or, what is the word? Think. I will get into eternity and not even be thinking of all the things that God is thinking about in my best interest. Hi, this is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. Did you know that these Meeting with God messages actually come from sermons given at our church home, Vertical Church Columbus? You know, in addition to hearing God's word proclaimed every week, you'll find a warm, loving church family of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus, Ohio, but are not currently connected to a church home, we'd love to invite you to visit us at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus near the intersection of 315 and Henderson Road. So then he says these words, ask, seek, knock. Hear me, this is why we need to ask, seek, and knock first. They are going, we need to ask because there's going to be some things in our lives that God is going to put beyond our reach. It's like when I tell my kids, go get breakfast, and they come back and say, Dad, the cereal's on the top uh, shelf. I can't get it. Can you get it for me? There's going to be things in your life that are beyond your reach, and you're going to, God knows that. He put it up there the day before because he wants relationship with you. And he wants to engage you. And he wants to show his power in your life. He's going to say, yep, I got it for you right here. There's going to be some things beyond our reach. Here's the second thing. There's going to be times when something gets lost and needs to be restored. That's why we need to seek. There's going to be times when some things are lost. My joy is lost. My direction in life is lost. I need some forgiveness and I, I've sinned and I need forgiveness. I, I need some things that are lost and I need God to bring it. That's what's called seeking. Then there's situations, as one man wrote, where there's doors that are closed, where things in my life where I've come up to the door and I know that it's God's will for my life, or I believe it is, and I, I can't get the door open, and I need to knock, knock. All three of these, ask, seek, knock, are all imperatives. He's saying, ask. You're going to have to ask. God is your heavenly father, knows you're going to need to ask. In fact, he's going to position you such that you're going to have to ask in some things. More than that, he's going to put you in places where you're going to have to seek. Now, he wants to give you the good things, but you're going to have to seek. And beyond that, you're going to have to, now here's very interesting. While all of them are imperatives, it's very interesting if you're looking close at the text. I never caught this before. First it says, ask and it will be given to you. That's passive. We ask, that's active. He provides. It's given to me. It's passive. The same with the last one. Knock and it will be open to you. That's passive. I knock, God opens. But look in the middle. It says, seek and you will find. That doesn't fit the pattern. Now, what that's showing us is God sometimes empowers 
our active prayers and our persistence in prayer and our going after, God, I don't feel peace right now. I still don't feel peace. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. I'm going to give it to you. But sometimes God wants to see if we'll spend more than two seconds with a prayer over our shoulder to get an answer. And he wants us to seek it. Seek it. Seek it. Then you'll find. Then you'll find. God will empower it. Ask. Ask. Notice here it says, seek, seek. Now, keep in mind that the ask goes back to the Lord's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Also notice that it says, seek. We just read the text a couple minutes ago where it said, seek the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek. Let me encourage you this in your parameters for your prayer life. Don't be a Gentile prayer. If all you're praying about is basically things that the Gentiles are seeking, God might be saying to you, lift your eyes up a little bit and look around. There's more to the world than just praying, God, give me, I need my bread. I need my daily bread. I need a place to sleep. I need clothes. I need all of those things. But God's saying, listen, seek the kingdom in your prayer life a little bit too. Seek, seek. Then there's, then there's knock, knock. Situations where the door is closed. I was just imagining this in my mind. I was thinking about our, our house, right? Can you imagine if someday I'm sitting, you know, you're sitting in your house, I'm sitting in my house, you just imagine your own house. And you're sitting, I'm in my house, and Jensen's in the kitchen, we're talking, or she's in the couch, and I'm in the kitchen, whatever the case. And I happen to say, honey, do you hear something outside? I think it sounds like our neighbors. And I kind of peek out through the window, and there's our neighbors just sitting on our porch. Do you, do you know why they're over on our porch? Oh, no, I have no idea. Did they knock on the door? No, no. Did they ring the doorbell? No, and I'm pretty sure I checked the doorbell. It works. Um, do you know why? Maybe they want some lemonade. Maybe they just, maybe they want some, why are they here? Like, do you know how awkward it would be to go to somebody else's house and just stand on their porch? Just wait for them to come out? No. What would we instinctively say? Knock on the door. Knock. Leave your knock on wood stuff out. Knock, knock. Push the doorbell. That's the modern knock, okay? Knock. It's so socially awkward when people just sit on your porch, on your porch, and don't do anything. It's equally awkward to God when we sit on his porch and don't knock. Smoke on that for a while. When we come before the Lord, we have these monetary needs and we just sit on the porch and, you know, kick up our feet and, oh, I wonder when God's going to do something. I don't know, Jeannie, I don't know. I don't know, Billy. And we sit on the porch and God's just saying, listen, he's on the other, here's the door, and he's sitting with his ear right up against the door going, here comes their hand, they're going to knock. No, they're not going to knock. And God is waiting to bring good things into our lives. I don't always know what they are, but they're beyond what I could ask or think. And God is waiting for a... If we'll take this text seriously. Look down at verse 9. 
says, which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, no question about that, and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? All of the ask, seek, knock comes down right here to this verse. Ask, ask. Ask for peace. Ask for provision. Ask for joy. Ask for salvation for your neighbor. Ask for the restoration in your family. Ask and plead and continue. Now, all these imperatives, the great thing is they're all present tense. They're all continuous. He doesn't say, go ask once, write it in your prayer journal, and forget about it until you get the answer. No, there's a sense to which, listen, if I'm hungry in my life, uh, Dad, I need some food. I'm hungry. You know, my, my daughter, she has quite the appetite. When she's hungry, the entire neighborhood knows that she's hungry. And that's completely normal, is it not? And God is saying to us, listen, I'm your father. Open your mouth and talk to me. Don't be, you know, let me just say this. God answers prayers with good things. God does not answer good intentions. God does not answer complaints. God does not answer wants, thought about. God does not answer manipulation. God answers prayers. So make sure that in your thinking about your relationship with God, that you're not just that kid outside on the front porch, just sitting there going, God, whatever. And God said, ask. It's real simple. One word, ask. And if we would grow, this so convicted me, if, we would, if I would grow in my persistence in asking, what am I not seeing right now that God would pour on us if we would, what's that one word? So the question is in your life, when we boil this whole series down, Money God's way. God wants relationship with me. There's so much truth that comes into play on finances. It relates to other things. But ultimately it comes down to is am I going to live a life of anxiety and seeking small things? Or am I going to live a life of trusting God and asking? It can only be one or the other. And the more I try to blend them, the more confused and frustrated I get. Your heavenly father gives good gifts. Ask him to meet your needs. Ask him to meet your needs. If I could just say one thing to think about, you might be, well, how do I do that? How do I really develop a prayer life? I need some tools. Let me ask you to do two things. Pray through the Lord's Prayer. I pray through that. I've fairly consistently prayed through that for the last 15 years of my life. Give us this day our daily bread, and God has never failed me. Never. I've had some tight seasons. I've had some near misses, but God just reminded me, got you back. Ask. Go through the Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm not Catholic, okay? I don't believe in going through the Lord's Prayer 14 times. Listen, there's no extra points for, you know, more words in the content, okay? You don't get credit. You don't get credit based on word count or something. But God wants to hear his children ask, and, and, and Jesus said, pray like this. Ask. Pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Forgive. Protection from temptation. Take it seriously. Get the Lord's Prayer. Pray through that daily. Expand on that in prayer. Second of all, I would encourage you to get a prayer journal. So many times we say, well, God hasn't answered my prayers. The truth is he did. You just forgot what you asked for. Okay? You can't remember. What did I, why was I asking for three? I can't even remember. Sometimes I can't even remember what was going on three months ago. Get a prayer journal, write those in. It's amazing as I go through my prayer requests how many of them God has already answered and I hardly even prayed about it. Those are some practical ways you can ask, seek, 
knock in prayer. I'm going to close this entire series with this verse. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, But as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. But here it is. But to set their hopes on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. You know, we're, going to, we're enjoying the riches of God's goodness today. And a billion years from now, we're going to be enjoying the riches of everything God has provided. God will never cease but to give us more and more, especially in eternity. God calls us to have a heart that works diligently, that a heart that plans wisely, and most above all, a heart that trusts God completely so that our hearts are set free to trust God and to enjoy finances and to be blessed and to depend on his people where needed, but to have a heart set free from anxiety and the love of money so that we can have greater relationship with our Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. If you missed part of today's message or would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please visit our archive of Meeting with God radio programs at our website, verticalchurch.life. There you'll find a collection of past messages from God's Word, which you can listen to easily, as well as share with your family and friends. Also on our website, you can learn how to connect with Vertical Church personally if you're in Columbus or leave a prayer request. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.